Good afternoon. Welcome to Three and Out. There is, well, there's a little bit of stuff to get to today on the show. I'm Kevin Thomas. He is Ben Troop. Thanks for making us a part of your day, Braves. I will finish up their series with the Phillies tonight. Uh, ben, we'll get you to that uh, coming up in just a little bit. Obviously, the Braves continuing to play well. They have a chance with a win today to go 22-5. and five. Excuse me, I think their best record ever in a month was 21-5. and five. So this would be a chance to at least one-up that in the win column. We'll get to that. Also, the Hawks have been active. you got free agency starting uh, in the NBA. That's been wild. Kevin Durant wants a trade. Kevin Schuenard of Hawks.com covers the Atlanta Hawks. He will join us after the Hawks trade three picks. Danilo Gallinari to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. So now you have a one-two guard combination that Ben doesn't really get rivaled by many uh, in, in, the, in the NBA, so we'll get to that. But is there any other place we can start, Ben Troop, than right here uh, off the jump with a report that says USC and UCLA are in talks to leave the, big, the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. Let me say that again. USC, I'm not talking about South Carolina, Southern Cal, and UCLA are in talks to leave the Pac-12 and head to the Big Ten, a seismic shift in college football and college athletics. A lot of talk that it's going to happen in 2024, so that's two seasons from now. Uh, ben, and uh, just right before we came on the show, a lot of uh, college football folks saying, no, this thing is done. Like, you could have a presser tonight. You might have a presser tomorrow. Uh, but the Pac-12 is getting busted. Uh, and it's going to go uh, from the, the 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 Big Ten is essentially going to go with Rutgers. You're going to go from the East Coast to the West Coast, and you're going to have 16 teams, much like uh, the SEC. And if this is true, you would get to 16 before the SEC does it because they're waiting on Texas and Oklahoma. Does that speed up that timetable? Because now you're the Big 12 sitting out here going, wait a minute. Uh, we know we're losing Texas, Oklahoma. Are we uh, back to having to, like, if they're gone anyway, we need to start worrying about viability and things of that nature. Might you let some schools be willing to waive clauses keeping Texas and Oklahoma in if it means they can also get out and, uh, and, and jump around? Ben, this is, this is interesting. This is huge. And the, to me, the landscape of college athletics uh, continues to change. I know some folks uh, bemoan the fact of, hey, uh, you're taking something good, and you're getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and we like college football because it's not pro football. And essentially what you keep hearing, and I'll let you jump in, Ben, is several people have said that, you know, cover college football uh, out there. Pete Thamel, others have come out there saying, look, it's a done deal, and others saying this is just the beginning. This is the move to what, and again, Ben, I've heard people talking about this for 20 years the move to college football super conferences, and maybe just two of them, that being the SEC and the Big Ten, bloating up to maybe 24 teams apiece and having two 24-team conferences, and there you go. And that's your whole deal. Thoughts? A lot to digest there, I know, Uh Ben, but your thoughts, let's just start from the very tip of that iceberg. Southern Cal, UCLA, West Coasters, now they're going to be part of the Big Ten in two years. Huge. Huge. 
I'm gonna start with Lincoln Riley. People kept saying, "Why is Lincoln Riley going to USC?" Like, why? And I kept saying that when he was at Oklahoma, Kevin, he you kept, think he was getting hat tipped to some of this? Oh, stuff? Okay, but it was it was a bunch of winks going on. Like, why is every time we got to meet us to do in the corner with a black suit on, not talking? He gonna let you know <laughs> in a second. No, Kevin, we kept saying this, right? I kept saying, okay. We was like, what conference is gonna even try to compete with the SEC from just eyes first before you even get to the to the games itself? What the Big Ten said, look, man, Ohio State. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. All right, we're very, very top-heavy. Yeah, you got the Wisconsin's, you know, of the world. You got the Iowa's, but it ain't the same muster. Who can we add? Somebody go, not only can we add two big names, how about we just, you know, add the two biggest names in the state of California? Who? USC and UCLA? Yeah. Now, Kevin, another thing that the Big Ten, that the big ten just did, bigger than, bigger than brand, you know what I'm saying, notoriety, you know, brand visibility, look at the names. I mean, you ain't heard a lot from Chip Kelly since he went over to UCLA. Now you got Lane Kiffin to go along with Coach Day and Mel Tucker and Coach Harbaugh, right, and so on and so forth. What the Big Ten is doing is saying, look, we got to win the eyeballs first, man. The SEC get all the eyeballs from the coaches to the players to the teams. Now you go, what? Yes, USC and UCLA are the two biggest brands in college football in the state of California, and that is taking nothing away from the Cows and the Stanfords. It is UCLA. And location, location, location. You in L.A. Now the Big Ten is in L.A., and now, Kevin, I think that what they're, what they're doing is saying, hey, man, it's how quick you can do it. Because, yes, other, other conferences are going to try to follow suit, but, man, you want to be first. Because it you, it looks like they're starting a trend. Just like the ACC is getting away from conferences and everybody else going to start. Who, who started? Oh, we started that trend. You want to jump out there first. So I, I like it. I just think that college football, I be trying to tell people, college football, conferences, recruiting, regular season games, combine. Because what are they going to say? Oh, Georgia, SEC, put five guys in, you know, uh, you know, in the first round. They're going to be using that stuff. They're going to be Ole Miss wins its first ever College World Series, SEC again. I think what the Big Ten is saying, look, dude, we got to add something. Why? Because we're not top-heavy enough. The SEC is, good Lord, they obese at the top. <laughs> we are trying to get to a point where, so who can do for that? And, and now, think about you in the Pac-12, and you, and you are Utah. You are Oregon. You are UW. You are Washington State. You are Arizona. You're like, dude, why not us? It ain't the same thing. Like, if somebody go Arizona, Arizona State's coming to the Big Ten, yeah. Now, Utah, Kevin, is a good school, but we, you know, most people are like, Utah's in the Pac-12? Exactly. Most people don't know where they are. You know about Oregon, but Oregon, you know, Oregon and Oregon State don't give the same. UCLA, you, you, you're talking about two teams that people thought would never leave the Pac-12. That's what it, oh, if somebody said, who you think would never leave the Pac-12? UCLA, uh, USC, gone. I, I love the move. I don't know what. You know, the commissioner of the of the Big Ten, that is a huge move. And look how fast it happens, Kevin. I do think you make a great point, though. There is 0% chance, zero, that Texas and Oklahoma is going to wait to 2025 to come. I don't – I just – I just don't see it happening. Yes, you're going to have to, you know, yes, you know, cooler head going to have to prevail. It's going to be some type of exit clause. Or you paying us something, uh, Big Bad SEC. You're going to give the Big 12 something. But I, I credit the Big Ten for saying, look, if we're going to want other teams to come over here, we got to start looking attractive now. We got to start looking just attractive as – we're not going to look as attractive as the SEC, but at the same time too, Kevin, I mean, the number one selling cars in the country are not luxury cars. But the luxury cars, everybody want one. Think about that. 
The one I want, I can't, I can't afford it. It's nice, and I know it when I see it. <laughs> SEC is an electric car. I get it. But the Big Ten say, hey, bro, we got a chance to be all over the road, too. I like it. It just shows that we be get, listen, when it comes to we be talking about NILs, transfer portals, uh, you know, coaches going to new yeah. places. And behind the scenes, somebody goes, watch what the Big Ten about to do. What you mean? Watch yeah. what the Big Ten do, you know, on a Thursday. You know, the last, the, the, listen, the last day in June, July's got July gonna be on fire because you got all these different uh you know media days coming up. Oh yeah. But shout out to the Big Ten man waiting buying their time. UCLA and USC said, hey man, we we need a change, man. What you mean? Like they don't even give us the love, you know? They supposed to. What you gonna do? We, we you know we don't, we ain't appreciate it. They talking about the Ducks. They talking about the U. All right, we gonna go. We appreciate it now. And Kevin, I guarantee you this: How long does it take for Big Ten media days to be in, to be in LA? Oh, it's coming to L.A. I mean, probably, probably sooner <laughs> rather than later. But shout out to the Big Ten. I think it's a great move by them. Yeah, I, look, I I just look at it, and now what has gotten started, and whether you could say it's right or wrong, whether you like it or not, and I know we we were talking off air uh, in between breaks with uh, with Christian from uh, you know second down. I said, look, by all indications, this is not this is not done. No, uh, because this is a high stakes, high dollar game of musical chairs, right? This is a high-stakes game of musical chairs uh, that, that you're playing right now. And nobody wants to get left without a seat. Right? So you're looking at it and saying, well, what's going to happen? You're hearing reports, hey, there's going to be two conferences. They have 24 teams. Big Ten's going to have 24 teams. And we'll go from there. And basically, as Ben, you said before the show, it's the AFC and the NFC. It is just college football it with a few is. more with a few more teams, and you look at it and go, "Well, how is that sustainable?" I think again, well, I think we will end up right back in a divisional model uh, with with teams probably clumped together regionally playing each other. Uh, I do think Christian brought up a good point. Said, "Look, I don't know if it's going to go past sixteen because of the money." Oh, I, I think it's the money's going to be. I mean, think about this: if I'm the SEC and I go from sixteen to twenty-four, and I bring in. Big-name schools that bring in revenue, you say, well, maybe they don't bring in enough. No, but you just brought in half a conference. If I take half of the ACC's revenue, is that enough? Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if, I, if, if I'm the Big Ten and I take half the Pac-12's revenue, is that enough to go to 24? And now we, rene- now we really renegotiate deals with Fox, with ESPN, ABC, and say, here, let me, let me tell you something. We're going to do a 12-game. You can do whatever you want. We're going to do a 13-game schedule and have a expanded playoffs. All right, so everybody, so we're giving you more regular season games. Ain't going to be any play in UAB or anything. And again, I hate it for those schools. Yeah. Not going to be any of that. Yeah. The SEC will play ourselves. The Big Ten will play themselves. And we'll cross over and we'll play each other. And that's how we're going to play it out. There's not going to... Our 48 teams are going to play each other. And that's how you're going to generate more money. Why? Because every matchup, by and large, is a pretty good one. Right? You're taking the top 48 teams, every matchup by proxy then, Ben. More often than not, unless it just works out that way, you're going to have multiple matchups every week with quote-unquote top 25 teams because there's less than 50. So it's like half the league is in top, or half of your whatever division you want to call it is in the top Top 25. I just think it's not done. I, I think there is more coming. 
I think there's a number of schools looking around. I'm te- I, ben, I agree with you. If I'm in the ACC right now, I may say, hey, we love the ACC. Notre Dame, do you want a place? But I think there's a lot of ADs calling each other going, what do you think? You think they're done at 16? If they offer you, if, if we hear talk at 24, are you, are you going to jump? Are you with them? Oh, we better start. Because I think at this point, then it starts. Is there conference loyalty? There is to the SEC and the Big Ten because of the cash. Is there loyalty to the Big 12? You could tell me there is, but the two biggest schools are leaving. Is there loyalty to the Pac-12? You could tell me they are. But two schools in L.A. just up and gone. Everybody, when I'm once this song has started playing, and you know somebody's got their hand on, for those of you who aren't old enough, record players have you know styluses, needles, and you could pick it up in a music stop. When that music stops, and you're Florida State, you're Georgia Tech, you're Clemson, you're Oregon, and that music stops, you don't want to be sitting there going, uh, what just happened? And make no mistake, if, th- if that's kind of the model people see going, there's going to be schools. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking about this. If you're Oklahoma State, should you be really worried right now? If you're Washington, Washington State, should you be really worried right now? If you're Oregon State, we're not even the biggest school in our state. Are they going to want to take us and come along for the ride? Or are you kind of stuck? Very interesting to see where this thing goes. But, but Ben, a lot of folks talking, we're not done. Looking like mega conferences. I know a lot of people hate that. But a lot of people think the next move is 24 for the SEC uh, and the Big Ten. Kevin, I'm going to just leave on this. I don't know what sixty what sixty some sixty some games played every Saturday between like Saturday Sunday we talking about college football each weekend hundred thirty teams each team right. playing. What you going What you going What you going to watch? If if you really if you, if you talking about all those teams you just mentioned, what are you going to watch? Clemson. Just say just say if Clemson the SEC, Clemson is playing Florida or Georgia in a, it's just week two. Hey man, you know uh, you know and that would be every week. Yeah, potentially. I or, mean. Or, Oregon's playing Arizona, and I'm just—I'm telling you—it's all about programming. If I got the best schools, whether that's perception-wise or reality-wise, and I'm and I'm putting these type of games on, Kevin. At the end of the day, you know, if 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 you if, if somebody say, "Hey, man, you know, it's gonna be a home run derby, and we taking the players, we give them each day. It's gonna be Mike Trout versus Acuna on Monday." What you're gonna watch stuff like that? Greg Sankey's sitting back going, "Dude." Ugh. Y'all trying to make me look like the big, you know, the big dog. Well, you are the big dog right now. Well, I mean, until proven otherwise. Case in point, if it does come to that, Greg Sankey just follows the uh, the recruiting model. We don't recruit. We ask. Come on. Hey man, hey man, who is right? I mean, SEC is on the phone. Tell them yes. I mean, they ain't asked nothing. Yet. That's what I'm saying. If you if if you're if you're at Clemson and the SEC calls, yep. You don't want to be the AD and say we could have been over People there and say, said no. And, and, and that's the difference. The Big Ten gets UCLA and USC. The SEC gets Texas and Oklahoma. Tell you, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a difference. It's a lot uh, coming down the pipe. We'll talk more about that coming up in just a little bit. When we come back, free agency, trades, it's all going crazy in the, in the NBA. Kevin Schuenard, Hawks.com will join us next. Here it's 3 and Out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. on its head. We'll have more for you on that coming up in just a little bit. But the NBA has been wild. Trades, free agency, all uh, running wide open here. And the Hawks have traded three 
First-round draft picks, two of them uh, unprotected, and Danilo Gallinari to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. Joining us here from Hawks.com, Kevin Shenard joins us here on 3 Now, Kevin, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me on. Talk about this deal. Obviously, the Hawks were uh, pretty well you know, coming into the draft. A lot of talk. Hey, they're looking to make a move. They're looking to make a move. A lot of smoke around John Collins. Uh, this move ends up being draft picks. And Danilo Gallinari, what did the Hawks get in return for all that they gave up? They, they got somebody who compliments Trey Young well. Um, they've, they've needed for a while now someone who can drive to the hoop next to Trey. Uh, they've had some good players. They've had some good shooters. But, but they needed more ball handling. And they needed somebody to, to free up the pressure on Trey when teams kind of overload the defense on Trey's side. They needed somebody who could take the ball to the rim. And, and they're going to get that in Dejounte. Um, it's it seems entirely possible. Uh, the Hawks are over the the luxury tax threshold, so if they're if they're looking to trim salary, there really aren't a whole lot of options uh, to do that. It would probably have to be Collins, Herder, or Bogdanovich to you know you have to move one of those three to get under the luxury tax if if that's their goal and. Bogdanovich is having off-season knee surgery, so it's not going to be as easy to unload him. Teams aren't as interested as they would be in Collins and Herter. So uh, if, they, if they need to make a move to get under the luxury tax, yeah, it seems like it would be one of those two. And, and the, the rumors around Collins have been going, along, have been going on a long, longer time than they have been for Herter. So that's, uh, that's a candidate for sure. Kevin Chouinard, Hawks.com, joining us here on 3 and Out. Uh, just as you evaluate uh, John Collins as a player, how much uh, he has left in his career, what do you expect kind of going value uh, to be for him? What do you expect kind of commensurate value for the Hawks to get in return for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think they can get value for him. I think it's, it's a combination of things. Like, like I said, you know, if, if they're moving him, they're moving him to get under the luxury tax and, He's kind of a do-it-all kind of player. Uh, there's not a lot that he's bad at. Uh, he's, a, he's a good shooter, if not a methodical one, who takes a little bit of time to get the shot up. But he's a good shooter. He's an elite role man. Uh, he's a good defensive power forward, a, a good rebounding power forward. You know, the only couple of things that maybe he hasn't done well for the Hawks is he hasn't uh, necessarily been a great ball handler, and he hasn't. That, you know they, they they put him at center at times, and he's not necessarily a great defensive center, uh, but he's really kind of a do-it-all power forward. But I just you know you kind of wonder if the league sort of values that archetype the way they do for point guards and centers. It's it's kind of tricky for power forwards. I think we've seen that historically in the league from for, for a while now. If you're a power forward who can't sort of make your own shot, it it can be difficult for you in the in the wrong situations. And so you know it didn't seem like they were using Collins enough. Uh, with Capella in the fold, they have to use Clint Capella as a role man. So Collins just kind of gets to stand in the corner a little bit. And, you know, he's a really good player. I, I don't know that the Hawks can get that kind of value back for him. But who, whoever does get him, if they have the right role for him, uh, they're getting a heck of a player. 
Kevin, even, when a, even sticking with a guy like John Collins, obviously he turned down the first time they offered him the contract. He turned it down ended up signing the big deal. Is there a way that this relationship can be salvaged a little bit? I know that contract is, is pretty big. Do you think there's a way with bringing in a guy like Murray, maybe maybe cooler heads can prevail and maybe he finds himself saying, look, man, maybe I want to be here more than the Hawks want me to be here right now. Yeah, I would never say never there. I mean, you know, if if they go and try to move Herter or if they go and try to move Bogdanovich and that's the gets them under the luxury tax, then, you know, they might look at what's out there for, for Collins and say, hey, that's that's not enough for him. He's better than that. Um, you know, I wonder if they could go and, and do something with Sacramento and try to get Harrison Barnes. Uh, you know, you get a couple of things there. I think, you know, Travis Schlenk, the president of basketball operations, you know, he's familiar with Harrison Barnes from his time in Old Golden State. They get more shooting. He's, he's probably a better shooter, a, more of a volume shooter than Collins. He's a little bit cheaper than Collins, and his contract ends soon. So if you're worried about the luxury tax going forward, uh, you know, you're not t- tied into Collins' money long term that way. So, I mean, that, that might be an option for, you know, where they could go, but, but we'll see. Kevin Chouinard, Hawks.com, joining us here on 3 and Out. And, uh, and, Kevin, you look at teams forming like big threes. Who who would you look – I mean, if you, again, as you said, you talked about a number of variables out there from the Atlanta Hawks to try to, uh, to, to get their money right. I mean, is John Collins enough to make it a big three with with Murray and, and Trey Young? Is that a winning big three uh, in, in your estimation? By winning, I mean getting back to a conference finals, potentially having a chance – uh, to state claim of getting into a, a, a championship series. Yeah, I don't know if that's a big three, but it, it, it's, you know, you look at a team like Phoenix that went to the finals. I think if you put the right four and five around them, uh, you know, that's a, that's a, that's the best three of five that, that could, on a team that could get you to the finals. Like, I, I think it's that kind of thing. I don't know that it's a, a, an electric sort of marquee big three in that sense, but I, I do think from a playing perspective that, if you put the right two pieces around them, somebody like DeAndre Hunter, you know, in the, in the center that fits, uh, you know, that that could work for sure. Where, where is this Hawks team? I mean, as Kevin just mentioned, you know, uh, you know, you, a couple a couple of years removed from being uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you look at last year a play-in game. Obviously, made it back into the playoffs. Where the East has gotten very, very competitive since LeBron James has decided to go out west. Where is this Hawks team, and how much does a guy like Murray kind of push them back to maybe from maybe away from nine and ten to maybe maybe like five, six, or seven? Uh, I think the Hawks have had an Achilles heel over the past couple of seasons. If if you look at when they've been successful and when they haven't been successful. You know, the teams that they've done well against, like Philadelphia and Milwaukee, uh, you know, teams like that, maybe Cleveland, uh, they are more traditional big men. They play like a drop defense, and, and Trey can run pick a roll at that drop defense and do very, very well. They've struggled against the teams that are really good at switching, uh, you know, with, like Miami with the P.J. Tucker types and Kyle Lowry. Uh, you know Charlotte. They've had they, they beat them in a play-in game, but they've had some real struggles in some of the games against Charlotte when Charlotte was switching. Uh, you know that that's the kind of team that they've struggled with. And and Dejounte Murray is is a really important player to kind of fixing that flaw because they need somebody that could take the ball all the way to the rim and finish at the rim. Uh, they haven't had that kind of player. They've they've had Bogdanovich and Kevin Herter who are really good players. But they're not good enough at uh, you know getting all the way to the rim. They're they're good at getting to like 15 feet, and they need a threat at the rim to make it work. 
And they need more defense, too, and, and certainly Murray fits that bill. I was going to say, how much defensive help uh, do they need? It seems like when they're on, they can score lots of points. Defensively, though, have they bought into that side of the ball, and how much help do they need to really become a moderate defensive team? I think they could be a really good defensive team with Murray. Uh, you know, they've already got DeAndre Hunter, and they've got Clint Capella, who, you know, when he's healthy, you know, I, I'd put him out there against anybody in the league. Like, you know, Gobert has, you know, done some stuff and won some Defensive Player of the Year awards. But, you know, Clint at his best is right there with it. The problem is that he's, he's been hurt. Uh, the Hawks had a really short offseason last season, and, and, you know, they finished the season really super strong. Capella was a monster defender in the 2021 postseason. But uh, to, to start the season after, he, w- he was injured. He didn't have any lift. He wasn't getting rebounds. And then as the season wore on, he started to shape into that kind of defender again. Uh, so if you've got Murray, DeAndre Hunter, Clint Capella, and a decent defending power forward out there, I think you've got enough defenders around Trey to make it work. Trey is still, obviously, you know, no pun intended, still very young in, uh, in, in his career. Where would you rank him as far as, like, players? I mean, a guy that seems to be, uh, you know, uh, very, very well uh, ahead of schedule. And it shows, it says a lot about him and how much the organization uh, really, really appreciates him by going out and getting a guy like Murray. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 he's right up there. I don't know exactly where you, you rank him among players, but I think just in terms of, like, passers, He's the top two passer in the league. Like he's he's either the best passer or Jokic is the best passer. It's it's hard to compare the two because they're playing different positions. But he's the best passing point guard in the league, I think, by by a clear margin. Like he's he's that good of a passer. He can make every pass. He can make it with either hand. And he's you know he's got the other stuff to go with it. He's a really great uh, standstill catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. He just hasn't had a chance to unlock that part of his game. It, it's kind of a chicken-and-egg thing. It's like uh, in previous seasons, you know, the knock on Trey has been he hasn't been willing to get off the ball. But the problem is when he gets off the ball, there hasn't been somebody to drive the ball to the rim to give him a catch-and-shoot. So it's like, you know, where do you start with it? And, again, Murray, with his ability to drive, is going to unlock some of that. Uh, if, if Trey is willing – he should get those opportunities this season. And, and over the course of his career in smaller volume, he's shown that he's really good at that. Like his numbers on, on catch-and-shoot corner threes are, are pretty ridiculous. So uh, if he's trusting and will put the ball in DeJunte's hands a little bit more, which is tricky because, like we just said, you know, Trey's the best passer in the league. So you don't really want to take the ball out of his hands that much. Uh, but – you know, with a balance and, and some keeping defenses off kilter because they don't know quite what to expect in terms of who's going to have the ball, uh, he should get some off-ball opportunities that are pure gold this season. Kevin Chenard joining us here on 3 and Out. Kevin, finally, the Hawks gave up three first-rounders, so two of them unprotected. Does that give us kind of a sense on maybe how the Hawks viewed draft capital versus trying to get better right now? I mean... It's a funny thing. Like teams don't trade unprotected picks, and I and I get why it's it's precarious because you know if that ends up being a top one pick, a top three pick, uh, you, know, you don't want to make that that uh, you don't want to have that pick in somebody else's hand. Uh, if, if the Hawks follow through on their plan, or even if they 
you know, get close to following through on their plan and come up a little bit short, those picks really shouldn't be a problem. They shouldn't be in the lottery. If, if the Hawks are spending what they want to spend, if, if Trey stays in Atlanta through the end of his contract and, and there aren't like a, a slew of devastating injuries, then like, you know, that really shouldn't matter. But, you know, if, if things go really bad, if, if you take sort of the worst 1% of possible outcomes for the next five years for the Hawks, yeah, that, that lack of protection is going to look really, really bad. Kevin Chouinard, Hawks.com, our guest here on 3 Now. Kevin, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Kevin Chouinard, Jordan is here talking some Hawks basketball. Hawks trade three first-round picks and Danilo Gallinari uh, to the Spurs for DeJounte Murray. And Hawks get really good at the guard position. As he said, a guy that can score at the bucket bin. And you still aren't done because you got to, much like the Falcons, seems like everybody in Atlanta is trying to shed money here to get under some kind of cap. Probably bad news for John Collins at the end of the day. He's not going to stick around. Yeah, if they can find a big. I mean, as you know, as Kevin mentioned, I mean, a guy like uh, John Collins, I mean, he's a, he's a do-it-all player. Doesn't really play well when they put him at the five. Uh, definitely a guy that plays well, you know, uh, you know, with a guy one-two combination with him and Trey Young. But I just think, Kevin, that, that contract is so, so huge. And listen, return on investment. And sometimes John Collins is – you know, very, very impactful. Sometimes, you know, I mean, you, you wonder if he's even out there. So I do think that, uh, you know, before it's all said and done, John Collins and even Kevin Hurd is probably going to get dealt somewhere else. But you got to get you got to get a good player in return. Can't just get the money off the books. I got to get a shooter from Kevin Hurd, and obviously I got to get a big from a guy like John Collins. I, I You know, with what they did with Murray, and obviously, like you say, Kevin, they're using these draft picks to get good players. A good teams become great teams. You can add veteran players who have uh, credibility in the league. I like, what the, I like what the Hawks did, but they still got some more moves. We've got more to come, including the Braves with a chance to finish the sweep of the Phillies and could be one of the best months we've ever seen of Braves baseball. We'll get to that next. It's 3 and Out, Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Welcome back, 3 and Out. Braves got a chance to uh, finish up the month on a very high note, Ben, not only sweeping the Phillies, but a chance to finish up the month 22-5. and Unbelievable run here in the month of June, we talked about at the end of May. I mean, you go back to the end of May, uh, and they've been on a heck of a run here. 21-5, and five, I think, is the best month they've ever had. They have a chance to do 22-5, and five, so they could beat that in the win column. Unbelievable month, and that's with Ronald Acuna in and out of the lineup. That's with Ozzie Albies missing some time here down the stretch. That's with the inexplicable two losses to the Cubs uh, at the time uh, during this stretch where you lost one, one to nothing. Uh, a, a game to end your big, uh, long win streak over this run. So three games behind the Mets coming into uh, tonight's ball game. A chance to go 22-5 and five in the month of June. Unbelievable. Kevin, I, th- I, th- I think what happens is when you're talking about a Braves team and what makes them dangerous is what they, w- what they was able to show in the month of June. I mean, we kept saying that, look, at one point, the Mets was what 10, 10 and a half games, you know, up on the Braves. We was like, look, they got to, they got to, they got to try to win the series in, you know, get on the momentum, you know, get some momentum going, and they they build a lot of confidence. I think, I think they came one game short of the uh, of the franchise record for most uh, wins in a row. I think the Cubs kind of put a halt to that, Kevin. But <coughs> excuse me, they they've been doing it in spite of the fact that Ronald Acuna Jr. hasn't been his best. Obviously dealing with an injury now. All signs are he's better. He, he might uh. Might be with the team, uh, you know, through the weekend. Maybe not be playing, you know, shouldn't be playing tonight. But, you know, look at what Travis Darno has done. Look at what Adam Duvall has made to this team. Look at what Matt Olson is doing. I mean, Michael Harris Jr., my goodness. I mean, has been lights out uh, since they called him up. 
I mean, you talk. You mean you talk. I mean, you talk about uh, you know, uh, the, the pitching staff. You talk about. You know, I, I think what I like the most about this team, Kevin, is they built the confidence that they need. Confidence is huge when it comes to sports. It is everything when it comes to pro sports. And, Kevin, me and you talked about it. You know, we talked about the two Mets fans, the little video going around, the two Mets <laughs> fans talking about, look, the Mets lost four in a row. The Braves don't lose. Like, they don't. And, and I think when I, I, I said this, I said the Braves are going to bring out the best in themselves and they're going to bring out the best in this division. The Mets, make no mistake about it, they know in order to win this division, they got to put some distance between them and the Braves. Well, well, Kevin, we said it. Now, even though, you know, Scherzer and DeGrom, you know, they they about to, they about to make their return. I think this Braves team is realizing we're a better team. We're not built on certain things. Yes, we got great starting pitching. Yes, we got an incredible bullpen. But we're built to beat you in a lot of ways. We can beat you with our pitching. We can beat you with our bullpen. We can beat you with our bats. We can beat you with our defense. Other teams are saying, hey, dude, we got to have this guy. We got to have that guy. The best player on the Braves is hurt right now, and they're still winning. And I think that's what Alice Anthopoulos and, and uh, Snit has done a great job of saying, look, we can't build it around one guy. Now, when he's there, we're much better, but we can still thrive. And I think last year Kevin kind of really showed the Braves what we have as a team because Acuna was hurt down the stretch. But 22-5, and five, anybody would take that. And, and, for, and once again, for those who said they beat up on bad teams, and that's what you're supposed to do. Because yeah. if they were losing, what would you say? Y'all can't even beat bad teams. <laughs> it's not like you can win this argument between the two. I would be on here melting down. Exactly. I mean, I mean, listen, like you say, Kevin, listen, you got two seasons. You got pre-All-Star break. You got post-All-Star break. You give yourself a shot going into the All-Star break because you know it's going to be a fight to the finish. I think this mess team – because, once again, I don't think the Braves still have played their best yet, even though they've shown what they can do when they go on a run, which still makes it very, very dangerous. Hey, Phillies, hey, man. I, I can't listen. Listen, if you're in the league, you don't care who trailing. I can't worry about who behind the <laughs> yeah. Braves. It's about me looking forward. But 22 and you know 22 and five or 20 potentially 22 and five, Kevin. I mean, the month of June has done wonders for this Braves squad. Hey, absolutely. And again, got him right back in the race. And Ben, I know people are tired of uh, of talking about you know Freddie Freeman, but the news that at least the reports that broke uh, last night, it's like it just won't go away. I think it was Doug Gottlieb who incidentally. Uh, uh, I think he's going to get sued out of all this, basically said Freddie Freeman's agent didn't tell him of the final offer from the Braves. Did not tell him. That's like agent-client relations 101, right? Hey, if there's a deal being offered, you at least tell the client. And some reports are like, if I tell him, he's going to take it. He's going to go to Atlanta and maybe lose out on bigger money elsewhere, which maybe he did anyways, but man, I know I was a lot on the, hey, stop the crying, Freddie Freeman, but I think I'd really be stopping the crime. I'd be mad. Like, look, you know where I want because again, essentially that agent cost Freddie Freeman maybe a little bit of money. Yeah, because it's about the same uh, once you get into the taxes and all that kind of stuff. But to me, Ben, when you see how Freddie reacts, and I'm not saying it, some of it is not genuine. I think it's a little over the top, but I think it cost Freddie Freeman legacy. And that's a hard thing to do in, in sports. We talk about it all the time uh, with this live tour, the PGA Tour. Like, hey, you have legacy players, guys who want to win majors, win golf tournaments. And you have guys who are like, look, I, I don't really have it in my bones to be a legacy player. I'm going to get paid. And then when I'm done, I'm, I, I can do what I want. And I think that you, you know this, Ben. There are guys like that in every sport. Yep. In the NFL, there are guys who are saying, hey, I want to be a legacy player, remembered for all the great things I've done. And there are guys who are saying, this is my job, I want a paycheck, and I want as much money as I can possibly get so that when I quit, 
I'm, I've maxed out. And if I can quit early, like we've seen other guys do, all the better. Uh, because I've made enough money to, uh, to feel comfortable. I think Freddie Freeman is a guy that he's a legacy guy. Yeah. I don't think he's a give me all the money. I don't need to Bryce. Uh, and again, maybe say your agent's job is to try to get you more money. I don't think he needs the Juan Soto, Bryce Harper money, the, you know, that kind of stuff. I think he wants to be paid commiserate with his talent, which is one of the, which the Braves were going to do. But I think, as I said, since that trade happened, I don't think five's going up in the rafters out there. Uh, and, and, and that's what you cost him. If he plays out, let's just say he gets a five-year deal, which is what the Braves offered. I'm still of the contention if he wanted a six-year, the Braves would give it to him. If he wanted a seventh year, the Braves would give him that, you know, towards the end of his career. If he does all that, you're talking about a guy that's played tw- basically 20 years, one uniform, Atlanta Braves, World Series, MVP, probably approaching uh, uh, RBI, doubles, home run milestones that will lock him into the Hall of Fame. That, that, that's a legacy. You are one of the all-time franchise. You are up there with Bobby Cox. You're up there with Chipper Jones. You're up there with, you know, Maddox and Glavin. And I think you got cost that. If your agent didn't tell you. And when I told you that, Ben, you were like, what do you mean you didn't tell him? Like, that's, like I said, agent, being an agent 101. Take the deal to your client. <laughs> right? I mean, agent 101. And thusly, obviously, he has since been uh, fired. I don't know how you repair that relationship if that is true. And again, the agent said he was going to sue, uh, exploring opportunities to uh, to sue Doug Gottlieb for putting out what he said was, you know, false information. But, wow, the layers to this thing, Ben, are just incredible. I've never heard anything like this. I've, I've heard, that, uh, do agents get fired all the time? Yes. Do they, do they mess up some of these deals? Yes. I've never heard an agent. I didn't get, I mean, think about Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is saying, hey, man. I'm going, you know, I'm going to the, I'm going to the Dodgers, man. They didn't give me, uh, you know, they give me a, you know, counter offer. And then all of a sudden, you come to find out, yeah, they did. What do you mean they did? They did. But you told me they didn't. No, I never told you they did. <laughs> that's crazy. That's because that's all you are. Listen, you as an agent, out of all the agents I could have picked, I pick you. I think you're the best. I think you got my best interest in mind. And it's not like you're gonna be broke, depending on what you get. But hey, it, listen, when you type in, when you type in Freddie Freeman, it types it, it comes up. Freddie Freeman Dodges contract. That, that's what comes up when you type <laughs> Days in. of our lives. Uh, at the, I mean, it's just uh, absolutely all over the place. We've got more to come. A lot of college football talk coming up in hour number two because it has been absolutely wild day, and the landscape just keeps changing. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you along here. It is three and out all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Uh, big, big ten is getting bigger. Come on, USC and UCLA apparently going in twenty twenty four. May have a press conference coming up. We'll get to that big portion of take three uh, coming up, talking about that as the college football landscape has changed. And again, Ben, I think you and I are in agreement. I don't think we're stopping at sixteen at this point. Can I know we- a lot of people say, "Well, where's the money?" Well, I, I think. <laughs> Christian has said it. I'm sorry. Does moderation and college football even go together? Not anymore. Or not ever, probably. <laughs> Gluttony. Maybe. Show me the money. All of the it. The Big Ten with 16. We don't have any more. More. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> We're coming right back. Take three right around the corner. We'll talk more about uh, this conference expansion that looks like it's on the way. It is three and out. All across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network, we are streaming live, ESPNCoastal.com. 
and on the ESPN app and Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Good to have you back. Here it is, three and out on this Thursday. Braves and Phillies coming up in just a little bit. A little earlier game tonight. So 4.50, we hand you off to the Braves Radio Network. Braves try to finish up 22-5 and five in the month of June. A lot of college football talk. A lot of college football news out there, Ben, and folks are just joining us. Reports out there that as soon as 2024, and some people say we could see a press conference about this maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow, UCLA and Southern Cal will be members of the Big Ten. And are we going towards super conferences? That is the subject of take three as we take three here on three and out. All right, Ben, take one on that note. Who are the remaining big names in college football that you could see be on the move? Ooh, Kevin. The biggest name that nobody can seem to move is Notre Dame. Nobody can move them. Nobody. Is this a block that's going to make a move? I, I, mean, th- I mean, if anybody can do it, because that's the thing about Notre Dame. I get it, Notre Dame. Listen, man, we move when we want to move. We are our own entity. We don't need y'all. I get it. But everything has a price. Eh. Everything. I don't care what you say. Kevin, another big name. Probably the biggest remaining name. Clemson. Look, at the end of the day, right, You everybody say, oh, Clemson, 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 Clemson. How good is Clemson? Clemson want to be paired with another big brand. I know I know. we got to see, like, what's – I think I think Florida State is a name. That could, that, could be, that, could be, uh, that could be left out there. But, Kevin, I think a team that's intriguing enough for, for somebody to go after. Oregon could be moved, people. Let me tell y'all something. You want to be able to have that brand. Just imagine if you got the brand Nike on top of the fact that the home of Nike and, and Oregon and all these. Because, that, because Kevin, Big T just showed it doesn't matter where you are. I mean, I'm sorry. Is Missouri in the Southeast because they're in the SEC? It don't matter where you are. It's just about being a part of a conference, not necessarily locations. But Notre Dame will be the biggest. I think Clemson is still out there. I think uh, I think uh, Oregon is a team that's going to get a lot of consideration. And another team, I'm sorry, even though they haven't been good as of late, Florida State is a big brand, man. I think they could be moved because I think the ACC is going to be get, get targeted by either the SEC or the Big Ten coming real soon. Yeah, a lot of folks think this could be going to 24 24- uh, teams each. That being said, I, I messed up my math uh, earlier, Ben, because, well, you know, math's not my strong suit. So that brings us to to take two. I think those teams you mentioned are, are you know, right for the picking if, if this is where we're going. I know a lot of people say, well, what about this? What about if you go from 16 to 24 and you take half a league and thusly potentially, and you're not going to target the bottom of the league and thus potentially the upper crust of that league's revenue source, I think you'd be all right. I think you'll be all right at the end of the day. Take two then. So if we're going to 24, I don't, I, again, as speculated, Come on. a lot of people are speculating, hey, pick somebody that covers college football today. And they're like, I've talked to people who think this is going to 24. And for all the people who said, you're stupid, you probably didn't think the SEC would ever have 16 teams in it either. Yep. Right? And again, I've been hearing about this for 20-plus years. Mega yep. conferences. Yep. I thought maybe there would be four of them. Yep. But here we are maybe having two of them. Who are the eight? Yep. Give me the eight teams if you're the SEC, Ben, you would go after if this thing is indeed on a trek to go 24. If the SEC wants to, wants to live up to its, uh, you know, to, to its name of talking about like it's the Southeastern Conference. So I'm sticking. 
But that doesn't five, matter, though. I, yeah, yeah, but I'm, but I'm, I'm going to go and stop. Listen, look, I already said The Clemson, Big 10's got 16. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Clemson, <laughs> that's one. So now I got the both teams. This is about controlling states for the SEC. You don't believe me? Okay. Uh, they already had Texas and them. Now they got Texas. That's controlling the whole state. Okay. You're going to want Clemson tonight because you already got South Carolina. You want Florida State because you already got Florida and they want Miami. I want the big three. So give me Miami. Give me Florida State. We were talking about preserving rivals. So I got Clemson, Florida State, Miami. Oh, good luck with that if you're going to 24, though. I mean, now, I, I know. Now. <clears throat> so you're at, you're at four. Well, I got Clemson, Florida State, Miami. And who else did I say? I think that's three. I oh, got you three. only got three. I'm sorry. Okay. I thought I you said Georgia more. Tech. I want the city of Atlanta. I want them. Right? Now, I want Oklahoma State. Now I got the whole state of Oklahoma. So now I got Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Now I got five. Once again, sometimes I just want to be able to steal people because of brand equity. I want Oregon. There go your number six. Give me Oregon. People say, what about Oregon State? Eh? I don't know if Oregon State bring the same luster. Now, I got six of them. I got two left. If you – look, and Kevin, you're going to have to really do something. I want Notre Dame. I want because I want to be able to say we could get them to do what nobody could get them to do, and could actually. I'll, I'm talking about the football now. Play in the they're in the ACC every other sport, but they won't even commit unless it's freaking COVID to play in <laughs> ACC. You won't know the day. And that eighth one, I mean, with so many teams out there, I'm gonna go with North Carolina. I think that North Carolina, because Kevin, yeah, you got NC State, you got Duke, but I think that North Carolina brings them up. Because once again, now you got North, you, you in the state of North Carolina, got one of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand. You got Florida, Florida State, and Miami, so you controlling the whole state of Florida. I talked about, you know, what I'm saying getting, you know, getting, the, uh, getting the Oregon, getting the Oklahoma State, because now you, because I think, I think the thing about the SEC, they want, they want state control as well as geographic control. I got the whole state of Texas. I want Oklahoma. I got Texas and Oklahoma. That's, that's going to buy kill the Big 12. That's, they're done. <laughs> they're out of here. And I think that getting a team like Notre Dame, Kevin, if you, look, if you can get Notre Dame, and if I'm being honest, if you can get Notre Dame, it really don't matter who else you get. You got Notre Dame to commit to your conference in football? Oh, man. So Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, you talk about North Carolina, you talking about Florida State, you talking about Georgia Tech, you talking about Clemson. Talk about Miami. I think those in, in Oregon. I think you. I think of the SEC because once again, Kevin, you said it. You got three ring, 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 ring. Who is it? It's the Big Ten. Hold on, man. I got somebody on this line. Who is it? It's the ACC. Hold on, I got somebody. Who is it? It's Greg Sankey. What's up? How you doing, Greg? Because Kevin, this is about boosting. If I'm not gonna win the national championship, which most teams are not, how do I boost my reputation? You think anybody gonna boost it more than the SEC? They can't. I think UCLA and I think USC going to the Big Ten is huge. It still ain't what the SEC is doing. That's taking another way from Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. I tell you what, take those teams and, and put them and put them out and put. I mean, they go Alabama, they go Georgia, they go Texas, they go Oklahoma, and they go Texas A&M. People are gonna be like, uh, "What's up, Coach Saban? Oh man, what's up? What's up, Kirby? What's up, Jimbo?" You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just think that for me, Kevin, listen, yeah. yes, you're gonna want you're gonna want location. You got the two listen, we got South Carolina, you got Tennessee, you got the state of Georgia, you got the state of Florida, you got the state of Texas, you got the state of Oklahoma, and we man, I might be giving away too many tools to old Greg Sank. I know he's listening <laughs> on three and out. You know what I'm saying? So, but I, but but it, but if you but Kevin, if you're gonna be this this is about greed now, people. It's about taking over. This ain't about competing. If I want greed, what's the closest I can get to the West Coast without being in the West Coast? I will go Oregon. I don't got to know because Arizona, Arizona State don't do it. UW, you know what I'm saying, in, a, in a Washington State don't do it. 
I mean, I'm sorry, but you know, the ACC won't stand for. Not the SEC. They, we got well, Vanderbilt. I, so I, I think that those, those, that those eight would be uh, would be uh, that would be your top eight that you would want. Obviously, you have to settle if you can't get. That. Yeah, I think Notre Dame would be interesting. I think the Big Ten would make a run at that. But if I had to do eight for the SEC, because Ben, this is why I asked it because I think it's a. Do you want to be geographical and dominant? And on the on the college athletics landscape, you can be geographical because I think we've seen Texas over, and you know Kentucky down, Arkansas down. They pretty much care about football, baseball, basketball. They can you know that you can get it, you can do it. If I'm the SEC, this is what I would do. I would do Florida State, not doing Miami. Right. I, just, I again, Miami has tradition, but they're a smaller school, private school. Just me. I get why people go, why would you want Miami in there? D- don't need them. Don't need them. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. but you do not need them. Florida State, big school, 80,000. Know, and you got mad, the, now you got the panhandle. Miami Florida. plays in the Dolphins Stadium and gets a lot of people dressed up as TLCs. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm just being I'm just being honest. I'm just being, well, I mean, being honest. So, Florida State won. And I think if you got two of the big three, you own the state. Yeah. I mean, so if, yes. if that's what you're worried about. Yes. Clemson, too. Uh-huh. Same, same deal. Yep. Uh, so you go after Clemson, 80,000 seat stadium, a lot of passion. So now, so now you got to say the Florida State of South Carolina. They are good in some of the other and sports. Got Tennessee. They are good in the other sports as yep. well. They'll be fine. My number three, weird, but it fits the SEC profile Virginia Tech. Okay. Blacksburg, yep. 75,000. So now you're in the state of Virginia. So now you are, you've expanded the footprint. Yes. You're in the, uh, in the state of Virginia. My number four, I agree with you, Ben. It's North Carolina. Now you dip into North Carolina, yes. and if you get them, you literally control the land-grant university named after the state university in just about every state. Flagship, in, yeah, in, they, want, in, they want the flagship schools. Yep. In, the, in the South. I would take a look. I thought about putting them in my list. I would take a look at Virginia because they are a big school. Kind of, They don't fit kind of the academic uh, necessarily profile. I think they fit better with the Big Ten. But that would be one. But uh, So my four I've got so far are Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Now comes the discussion. Do you want to just dominate the South and the Southeast where college football is huge? Or do you want to become a global, a global, a, a nationwide I think you want, you want nationwide. You I, want I, nationwide. I, I hear you. How many of those get me there? Maybe you want Oregon money. I think I go Oklahoma State. You wrap up Oklahoma, yep. you've pretty much got all that. So there's five. You get three more to play with. I think you can get interesting with uh, with those picks. You control every state in the South at, the, at that point. Do you need Louisville at that point? I don't think you do. I don't think they're big enough. I think if you want, if you want to become the national conference as it sits with USC and all them going, I take a look at Utah. I would take a look at Oregon. And I would take a look at maybe a uh, a Stanford who offers a lot of stuff. And there so you, you go. So you think the SEC needs to be in the state of California? Why wouldn't you want to be? I'm not, I'm no, I'm saying, well, I mean, no, I'm not saying, but like you're because, not going to because because I mean, I think if you're going to make that move and go after an Oregon, you would say, well, if we're committed to be nationwide, well, let's just go be nationwide, right? And so you go after some top big name, passionate fan bases, big schools, and you just make it happen. If now, can, if you don't. I would come back and say maybe you grab an NC State. I don't really know what you need Duke for at that point. Maybe you come Georgia Tech, and you are locked in with every big major university in the South if you stay away from those. So do I, you, I, I you, think it's you, 
That's the discussion at the United. another thing, too. Just say you don't get Oregon. And you say, all right, we're going to the California. Do, because the Big Ten got two, do you get Cal and Stanford? Because they got, you know, because what happens is you go down. Now, true indeed, because this, the reason why I say it is this. Southern, the, Southern California is done. They got, they got UCLA. So you go no Cal. I mean, UC Berkeley is in the, is in the Bay. It's in Berkeley, and obviously you got Stanford right there in Palo Alto. Do you do do uh? Because 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 sometimes I just, I just think it's a matter of discussion of do you want to go national or do you want to just dominate? You want to you the most passionate fan base in the country, which is in the southeast. Because in a sense, if you are geography Pac-12, doesn't matter. If you are in Pac-12 country, you get sick of hearing about this this SEC stuff, SEC stuff, and you want to know does the SEC travel? Yes. Because See, because here's where I think it gets interesting, because we didn't ask it the other way around. I do think if I'm the Big Ten, if you're looking around and you need eight, I do think if that's the way people see this model going, you can make inroads into competitive territory with a Georgia Tech, with a North Carolina, with a Virginia, with some of those like that, and you could become a national yeah. conference and dip all over the map. Where if you're the SEC, if you grab the right schools, you are Texas to the coast of the Atlantic coast and Virginia all the way down into Florida. You own everything. I mean, you own Wait, listen, listen, everything listen, listen, at listen, that listen, point. Listen, listen, so listen, it's going to be interesting. Somebody say We still this. got one more question to go, by the way, but go ahead. Somebody <laughs> say this. The SEC and the Big Ten, they are, it's, it's a monopoly game. I'm trying to own everything. They're like That's what this is about. People are like, is it about – no, the games are going to be the games. The product is going to be the product. But if, but if I'm in the SEC – and I got two teams in California, Northern California. Oh, we gonna dominate in recruiting. Then you start talking about Oregon. That go that go your brand equity and 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 location. If you so yeah, Kevin, this is gonna be about strategy. I think it's gonna be about where you want to do because you already in a sense you already dominate the Southeast. If you just wanted to be able to take over, like if I want Clemson to have the whole state of South Carolina, if I want North Carolina to have the University of North Carolina, if I want Florida State to have you know that. that you know, yeah. that, that, I, essentially, I got two of the top of the big three, and I do like what you said about the Stanford because at the end of the day, man, I mean, Stanford, they've been very, I think very Stanford would probably. I think Stanford probably would be a Big Ten fit uh, as well, if we're being honest. But, I mean, I think just if you if you feel like it's going 24, if I'm Greg Sankey, I go just for the dominant model, which is I own everybody that gives two craps about college football. Yep. Right? I don't care about the West Coast. I'm going to go Texas. Arkansas, Kentucky, I'm basically just going to take the bottom half in the southeast of the country and say, I got it. I don't need Arizona, Arizona. I mean, and those are the programs. We talked about this. Somebody's going to be on the outside looking in. Oh, yeah. If I'm Arizona, Arizona State right now, and I'm here in mega conference, I'm getting real nervous. You, check this I'm out. getting you, real nervous. talking about the brand equity, right? If now, I'm Washington, Washington State right now, I'm getting real nervous. If you, if you watch football <laughs> right now, you know the cleats that's dominated is Jumpman, a.k.a. Jordan. There are four Jordan brands. That would be Oklahoma. Coming to the SEC, there'll be Florida already in the SEC. There'll be Michigan, who can't be Ohio State every but once every ten years, and that'll be North Carolina. What if three of the four are in the SEC? I'm, man, well, I'm gonna, again, we'll see. We'll see. We uh, we do know that the uh, uh, looks like the Big Ten going to be bigger by two teams uh, coming up here real soon. All right, Ben, and take three. Are we inching closer towards a just breakaway from the NCAA? A lot of people said if it goes to this. If the Big Ten goes 24, the SEC 24, you basically have NFL light at that point. You have minor league college football that can rake in a boatload of money. Are we are we gearing up towards a breakaway from the NCAA with some of this? I, th- I think we are, Kevin. I, I think it's going to be later rather than sooner, though. I don't think it's going to be as soon as people think. I think this is all this is all leverage. 
I mean, Greg Sankey said, hey, he said, I want to go. I, I went to the college football playoff committee and said, I want an expansion. You say, said, get out of here, Greg. You're already getting two. Get the hell up out of here, Greg. All right, cool. So now we're going to show you what we really got brewing. You know, and we're going to show people how much power y'all really do not have. Because as long as we did everything under the confines of under the umbrella NCAA, y'all look like more power than y'all have. Y'all the Wizard of Oz. Y'all the man behind the curtain pushing buttons. Y'all are not really doing anything. So, yes, Kevin, I think I think uh, breaking away from the NCAA is coming. I don't – because, once once again, this is about expansion. This is about adding, adding super conferences. This is about the NIL era. This is about the transfer portal era. This is about, you know, trying to build that, that brand equity. But, Kevin, you know what you like I know. Once it is put in place, which if you build it, they will come. Oh, they're going to come. But, but, but with the uh, college football playoff committee, if they follow suit, I think they stay with the NCAA quicker. If they keep on after 2025, they saying, nope, we're going to keep it at four. Oh, yeah. The breakaway in 2026. 2026 is going to be the year when it comes to college football because that could be it all It all changes up. Well, again, according to a lot of reports, we're talking two years from now. So after this season, Southern Cal and UCLA would have one more year in the Pac-12, and then it's dip time to the, uh, to the Big Ten. So could have a press conference as early as tonight or tomorrow, according to some sources out there as well, that it's all, according to, I forget who said it, but we saw earlier today, all but a formality that this is going to happen at this point. That's take three. We do it every day this time. we got more to come. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you back here on this Thursday. Braves and Phillies coming up in about 25 minutes. We'll have coverage for you. Uh, Braves and Phillies finishing up that series. Braves with a chance to finish up the uh, month at 22 and 5 would be an historic month from a win standpoint. Best month the Braves have had in franchise history. 21 and 5. I think back in the mid-2000s, early, mid to early 2000s, they were 21-5. and five. So literally could be a month the likes of which we've never seen before uh, by the Atlanta Braves. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Of course, college football uh, is getting ready to get all turned upside down, Ben. But we've got our good friend AC who wants to, uh, to join in and, uh, and chime in on the program. AC, what's happening? Good afternoon. Thank you very much for taking my call. How you guys doing? We're doing good. Well, first of all, let's talk about Kevin Durant. I mean, just, I mean, I'm looking at my ESPN app. It says Kevin Durant is requesting a trade. This is the problem with guys like Kevin Durant, Ashley Durant, and Jessica Irving. Like, come on, dude. Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, they're investing their money free to help them winning a championship, probably multiple championships. Let's think about it. Let's give you some time frame. Kevin Durant, he left Golden State because he wants to win a championship without Clay Thompson and them boys. What about Kyrie Irving? LeBron James, because your all got in the way. So you don't want to win a championship with that guy. Now, you form a team in Brooklyn, and nobody knows what Ben Kardashian Simmons is doing. Nobody knows what he's going to do. Team up together. You want to leave? To me, it makes no sense. Why am I investing this? superstars, to me, guys, it doesn't make any sense. Like you're throwing money in there, and they're not going to play, play the game, or Kyrie Irving is going to say, you know what, today I'm not going to get the COVID vaccine, so I'm going to sit out the game. Come on, dude. Be a real man. Be professional. Guys, let's think about a band, Kevin. You guys are working every day to make your money. I'm an average American. I'm working 40, 50 plus, 40, 50 plus an hour. I'm not complaining. Why are we investing on this guy? To me, I'm sorry, but they're not valuable. We just give them too much credit. 
Somebody should put them in the line. Like, don't even bother giving them credit. Hey, Kevin, how do you like my take? I'm a certified bandwagon friend, my brother. <laughs> you, yeah, you, yeah, you are back on the bandwagon, AC. I will, I will say that. I will say, look, they're getting paid because they're individually very good. As team, Ben and I were talking about this before the show. As teammates, eh, I don't know. I don't know if they make you much better at the end of the day. Kevin Durant has never made anybody better, just like James Harden never made anybody better, just like Russell Westbrook ain't made anybody better. You know why? Because they all won MVPs when they no longer played with each other. People say Steph and Clay needed Kevin Durant to win the championship. No, the hell they didn't because they won one with him and without him. What did Kevin Durant do when he wasn't with uh, Golden State? Oh, that's right. He's asking for trades. Uh, he's doing interviews. He's he's talking trash to reporters. Uh, th- you know, threatening people. Kevin Durant, listen, he's a, he's a t- he's a he's an all time great, but greater than Steph, greater than Clay, greater than Draymond. The first yeah. word is hell. The last name is no. I don't want to hear <laughs> nothing else about no. Love Kevin Durant, but who is he made better? All right. Kevin Durant is what uh, Carmelo Anthony would have done if he would have went to a winning team uh, during his prime. Kevin Durant got two championships because he went to go to state. Love Kevin Durant, but Captain Obvious is somewhere coming out saying Kevin Durant want to trade. Oh, everybody knew that. Why? Because because Kyrie Irving is coming back. He don't want to deal with it. And he don't like playing <laughs> in Brooklyn. And he don't like losing. And he can't carry a team. There I said it. Kevin Durant. There you go. You know, add me, add Biscuit and Gravy. We can do this. Holla at me. You want to talk to me? You know who doesn't like playing on the West Coast is Southern Cal and UCLA. I, thought, I mean, that's big news. It is big news. It's awesome. like, hey, we don't like playing on the Pac-12. No. Nope. Or whatever. We're going. I mean, Kevin, and again... So many talks about how this shapes college football, Ben, at the end of the day. Uh, I just can't get over it, man. I'm, I love college football, and a lot of people are saying, man, we're just getting crazy with this. Uh, this is what happened. And again, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Greg Sankey, the SEC. But you look at what the SEC and Big Ten have done, Ben. It's all about the money. And I, maybe the SEC and Alabama and Georgia can sit back and say, nah, come on, man. Well, when, when the SEC and the Big Ten are banking tens of millions of dollars more per year than the ACC, than the Pac-12, than the Big 12, those schools are like, hey, it's about the money. I'm dipping. I'm going to go take my paycheck, right? That's what Southern Southern Cal and UCLA largely leaving. Why? Because of the cash. Pretty much said it. Pac-12 media rights aren't great. They're not going to get much better. Big Tens are awesome. We bring value to that. Let's go get paid. The end. I mean, right? I mean, and so on some level, you say, well, it's not our fault. Well, I mean, it kind of is. It kind of is. I'm not saying it's, you know, I'm not saying like, hey, let's go grab every SEC fan by the ankles and, and, and hold them upside down. But the SEC has done such a good job, and the Big Ten has done a good job negotiating their, their, their deals that uh, for, I guess, lack of a better analogy, they're eating most of the food at the trough. Right? The ACC, Big 12, Sunbelt, Pac-12, they're kind of sitting over the side saying, we're getting some food, but those guys got the buffet. We, we, we got a plate. They got the all-you-can-eat going on there. How are we going to keep up? And then the Big 12, or then the Big 10, the SEC, look around the rest of us and go, why don't you eat a little something there, fella? <laughs> you know, it's like, we can't. We're eating all we can get, and we're not going to be able to keep up. So I just think this is what you're seeing. It's not about, I know people say, well, what's good for college football? What's good for college football right now is bringing more money in the door. If you ask the people in charge, I, I, I think. I mean, that's their job, obviously. If you're Greg Sankey, my job is to maximize the amount of dollars that come into the SEC office and we put out to our schools. That's why, like you said, Roger Goodell is there to tell the owners how much money they're going to make and to take all the, the bad stuff. 
Greg Sankey is there to be at the head of the league and say, all right, SEC schools, this is how much money we're going to make because you are with us and because of what we've put together. And that's why if you say, oh, Clemson, all them, they don't want – that would ruin it if you go to 24. You know what ain't going to ruin? Their bank account. That, and that's the – I think that's really where we're headed. It is, it is all monetary. It's not regional. It doesn't matter. Just nope. give us the cheese. And at the end of the day, Kevin, like you say, this is about making money, people. For those of you who need – I mean, what is this all about? Is this about the education? No. <laughs> no certainly not. Is this not. about the product on the field? Maybe. So Slightly, this, this, yes. Yeah, this, listen. You don't you – don't, you want to be able to pair with big brands. You don't believe me? Yeah. How many, US, how many USFL games do you see this year? I ain't seen that many. XFL would not be the same thing. Why? The Rock, he's partnering with certain people. To make sure his product is out there. UCLA and USC go, hey man, look, we are not in the business of losing money. How do we be how do we get more money? We are taking our fan, we are gaining, because this is what you realize. I'm gaining that part of the world as fan bases. Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin, Maryland. They're coming to the they're they're coming to California now. We get to visit those parts of the country. That means why, why, do, why do teams in the West Coast not get as much notoriety? Why? Because you're asleep when they play. Their game of the week is at night. Uh, 8 o'clock, last time I checked, it's 11 o'clock on the East Coast. I'm asleep. There's a chance for you to see these brands, and they're making money. So people go, who, who makes sure you're making money? That would be the ADs. That would be the chancellors. So, yes, they're, they're making a lateral move, Kevin. And uh, Lincoln Riley, you win, sir. You win. Because Lincoln Riley Always. was coming. Look, I, well, I imagine that now in, in retrospect, you get Lincoln Riley, you have the quiet by hey, Lincoln, just, just bear with us. There's big stuff happening. And I think we're not done yet. No. Nope. Uh, again, because now I think you're going to start, I mean, if, if you don't, I think you're going to start seeing some, some cannibalism. Because I mean, you look at the Pac-12, here, here's, the, here's the deal, right? Because you're getting all these reports leaked out of, Hey, we think it's going to twenty to twenty-four. If you really believe that, you don't think Greg Sankey's got phone calls today? Uh, yeah. You don't think who is it? The, is it Kevin Warren, Commissioner of the Big Ten? Yep. You don't think his office is getting phone calls? I just saw. Say, hey, if it goes I, down, I just saw Kevin Warren in the event a couple of weeks ago. He <laughs> said a word just up there with like, well, yeah, you know, because he knew. Like I said, Kevin, once again, when you're in this position, all listen, all you're doing is making sure you're boosting the reputation and the revenue of your said conference. We just had a UCLA and USC. What? Really? Yeah. Yep. So now I'm getting, yeah I'm getting those fans and I'm and I'm, and, the, and they're getting our fans because we're gonna be mixing and matching. Now, hey man, we stretch that far. So when you're looking at a geographical map, literally you know, coast to coast. Literally. I mean, and, and like I said, I mean Ohio State solidified, Michigan solidified, Penn State solidified, Michigan State solidified. Now we add a UCLA and USC. Yeah. And for those of you who are only thinking, oh man, boy, they ain't that good at football. <laughs> oh, they make up in other ways. Some of these teams are good in track, baseball, softball. I mean, you name it. So, and you're getting you're getting the West Coast, the two pre the two premier colleges in 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 California. You got them. That's taking nothing away from Fresno State. It's taking away from San Diego State and Cal. You know, and all these different schools. They ain't UCLA. They ain't USC. Shot Kevin Warren is saying, "Look, man, I'm tired of Greg saying getting all the good publicity, man." Matter of fact, they're with him calling right now. What you want? So I'm <laughs> no, just saying. No, I, 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 I agree. I, I, I think because now the reaction is, well, you're about to be down to Pac-12. What are you going to do? Uh-oh. So are they going to go poach from somebody else? Oh, oh, oh I, I, mean, that, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so now this is where it gets interesting. And if the rumors are true, 
I think if you're uh, Jim Phillips with the ACC, if you're there uh, with the Pac-12, I think his name is uh, Clive Koff. I mean, you got to be contacting your members going, all right, uh, where, where's your head at? Are half of y'all reaching out to the SEC? Other half of y'all trying to get in the Big Ten? Like, what are we doing? Or or he's saying, remember when I told y'all yeah. this was coming? <laughs> are you listening now? I told y'all. Yeah. Because this is one thing, Kevin, you said that I want to make sure we bring up. Oh, some of these teams about to, about to be getting ready, potentially way bye-bye to the P5. They might have to go G5 if there is nobody calling your phone. So you probably want to get on the train now. So if all the people say, why do Vanderbilt never say anything? Because we, we in the SEC for life. We've been losing forever, but talk that trash when baseball come around, and we getting that check before the season starts. Stand in the corner and be quiet, yep. and we'll we'll be fine. Like I said, there's nobody feeling better about themselves today than Big Ten and SEC schools because, well, they're locked in. They're it's secure. We got more to come. Boy, the Freddie Freeman stuff keeps getting more and more interesting, including Freddie Freeman's former agent throwing the Braves under the bus. We'll get to that when we come back. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Braves and Phillies coming up here in just a little bit. We'll hand you off at uh, 452 pregame coverage for the final game of that series. Braves looking to go 22 and 5 in the month of June. Been just unbelievable, uh, just unbelievable uh, month it's been for the Atlanta Braves. And just off the field, it's been unbelievable. The Freddie Freeman, it's now turned into a soap opera, right? You heard, you know, obviously Freddie Freeman comes back, the tears, the crying, all the stuff we talked about, then the you get the report from Doug Gottlieb that maybe the agent didn't communicate all the deals uh, to to Freddie Freeman. His agent, Casey Close, has now released a statement uh, to ESPN that says the following, uh, Ben. I will not stand by as the circumstances surrounding Freddie Freeman's departure from Atlanta are mischaracterized. Since March, the Braves have fostered a narrative about the negotiations, which stated plainly is false. Part of that false narrative is a suggestion that I did not communicate a contract offer to the Freemans. To be clear, we communicated every offer that was made, as well as every communication Excel had with the Braves organization throughout the entire process. I have a 30-year reputation in this business for integrity and honesty, and I have always operated with the utmost character at Excel. We are privileged to represent many exemplary athletes, some of whom have chosen to spend their entire careers with one franchise. We always put the players' goals and best interests first, and will always continue to do so. That is the full statement from Casey Close to ESPN, now Freddie Freeman's, I guess, former agent. Freddie Freeman ain't fired you because you did all the right things. Freddie Freeman did not decide, and Freddie Freeman has been dealing with you since, I, I'm, I'm guessing, since he came uh, to the bigs, and you didn't do something. So you're just trying to save face, which I understand you're trying to save face, but you didn't do something. You can come out and say the Braves did it. You can come out and say these are false allegations being said against him or trying to you know, file lawsuits or what it may have you, but your client said you didn't do something. And it seems like your client just found out when he got back to Atlanta. Isn't that ironic, though? It is your job to tell your client all offers put on the table. And if you did not tell him, this is the thing. Just say you did tell him. When did you tell him? You didn't tell him during negotiations. Because we thought, Kevin, last time we checked, the offer was sent. He said, no, this is before the lockout. Then you said, as soon as the lockout comes back, we, we said, well, he didn't take the money. I want to know how close the second offer was. I guarantee you it was much closer than what he wanted, and God forbid it was that six year. So at the end of the day, he can say whatever he wants. Bottom line, you no longer have a client at Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman did not fire you because you were, you know, a great agent. He fired you because you didn't do your job. Me and Kevin was talking about this. There's a thing called a plea deal. <laughs> I, 
I've, I've never been a part of a plea deal. I hope to never be a part of a plea deal. But if I am, I want to know what it is before I go see the judge. When the judge says, you didn't want to take the plea deal. Whoa, what plea deal? What you, I ain't know nothing about it. All, all I'm saying is, Kevin, when the last time my agent got fired for doing their job? They don't. Man, you did such a good job, I got to let you go. No. you Communication is all you have between you and your client and the team that he's trying to go to. We made it known. If anybody ever, listen, the 30 for 30 that's going to come out about Freddie Freeman and the, and the contract that was is going to be beautiful, and all the details will come out. Because like I said, the details seem to be coming out as you know, as this as this soap opera goes on, but Clayton Kershaw, you're afraid of Freeman apology, sir. I'm telling you because you didn't know all the details. Yeah. You didn't know what you were talking about, Kershaw. This man was talking about you. Ain't tell me, bro. <laughs> well, I mean, again, the Braves are going to have to say something, right? Right. Yep. You can't let an agent basically saying you're out there, you know, peddling fake news in regards to what did and didn't. I don't know if the Braves were saying he didn't tell him, but I mean, the Braves are. I think have always kind of said, look. They gave us an ultimatum, and we moved on. That's what we had to do. I'll be interested to see what the Braves' response to that, uh, to that is. Braves and Phillies coming up next. Let's see if the Braves can go 22-5. and five. We'll talk about it tomorrow here on 3 and Out.